to the Better Budgeting Podcast. I am your host, Danielle Reese. I am a money coach and I am the founder of the Better Budgeting Playbook. This is my one-on-one coaching program for women and couples who have, oh, they've been trying to figure out their finances and they are finally going to create a clear plan so they don't have to worry about waiting on payday anymore. And I feel like that sounds so good. So if that is you, check out the show notes, check out the Better Budgeting Playbook. It is a wonderful coaching program. We are getting close to 100 clients that I've coached, which is so exciting. And I would love to be able to help you with your finances. If you're not quite sure about coaching yet, check out the Financial Freedom Society. That is also in the show notes. You're going to find that on Facebook. I post a ton of free content over in there about budgeting, savings, debt payoff, all of it. It is over there. So check that out as well. Today is a really great topic. I talk with every single one of my clients about this and you probably talk about it in your household, but we're going to talk about groceries today because we all got to eat, right? And some of us like to eat for social reasons. Some of us eat just to, you know, fuel our bodies properly. Me, it's a little bit of both. Okay. I love some good entertainment food. This past week, we had a 4th of July party, and my husband knows if we're having a party, like, I'm the hostess with the mostest. I don't just do burgers and hot dogs, (laughs) y'all. I mean, we could totally do that. People would be, you know, more than happy with that, but I do burgers and hot dogs and chicken legs, and I'm gonna have, it's 4th of July, I'm gonna have a red, white, and blue dessert. Uh, potato salad, and I'm gonna have a dip, and I'm gonna have an appetizer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have it all, all right? I don't need it all. We certainly don't, <laughs> but we're gonna have it all. Now, if I had that mindset every single week to feed my family, oh my gosh, we'd be broke for sure. <laughs> and a little bit of background story. So when I was in high school, I took a two-year tech program for culinary arts. I was taking college courses for culinary arts during that time. I learned a ton of stuff. I went to a couple of competitions. I went to a regional competition, which pushed me over to states. I didn't get very far in states. I don't even think I placed, but that's fine. (laughs) If you've ever watched the show Chopped on Food Network, it was very similar to that, only we were given all of our ingredients and we were giving a recipe, but it didn't have measurements or instructions for the recipe. It said chicken cordon bleu. It had a list of all the ingredients that you had to use and you had to present the dish. You were on a time limit and you had to create this dish. And I think it was actually a full meal. So you had an appetizer, a salad, an entree, a dessert. When I went to present one of my dishes, you didn't have to do them in any order. You just, you get them done and you get them all done in a time limit. I think you had two hours, three hours or something like that. And I put it down in my cube on the table. um, And then I went and I started making my other dish. And when I went back to place my second dish, the dessert was still there so I just chucked it and I laid my next dish down and the judges came around and they said you know we saw a plate here for dessert we haven't judged it yet where is it and I died guys (laughs) so I actually had to redo it again the dessert (laughs) and I honestly I think that's what won me the competition is that I got it done twice because I didn't judge it and I had to get it done again and I was hustling and I had determination that I wanted to win that son of a gun and I did and you're probably wondering well Danielle why does this all tie into this podcast episode well I got another story for you when I was 15 I started working at a local grocery store I started with scrubbing toilets and um, pushing grocery carts inside in the pouring rain and the snow all the things eventually I learned how to 
use the cash register. Then I went, they called it a front office position. And basically every grocery store or every, I, I would say a grocery store, you have a front office and that's where they manage the bulk of all of the finances and sales for the day. So they would collect the change drawers at the end of people's shifts. They would count them. They would do checks and balances and stuff. During those couple of years that I was on the cash register side and the cash office side, I learned a lot about deals when it comes to grocery stores and sales. And I got very good at studying these sales, which then implemented into my own personal life of how to buy groceries. So from those two experiences, learning how to actually cook, and then also learning how to buy the ingredients to cook, I would say I'm getting close to being an expert on buying groceries. <laughs> Because I've been doing it for so long. I have so much knowledge in this area. And also my last job before I left to come here and do this full time, I worked in food service distribution. So I learned about sales and recipe conversions and all kinds of food stuff in that job too. So I can sniff out a good deal, use these methods, and it will change your grocery budget. It will overhaul it. So let's get started. My first statement here is going to be controversial for some of you. Yes, groceries have gone up significantly, but here's the thing. Over the last hundred years, groceries have gone up. What we're really concerned about is the rate that groceries have gone up. Not that they've gone up because they always go up. It's the rate that they've gone up. But instead of us taking responsibility and not buying the $6.79 pack of Oreos, we still buy the Oreos and then we blame everything else that the groceries growing up and they're trying to take our money and all this other stuff. Expensive is relative to what we believe. I think $6.79 for a pack of dang Oreos is expensive, but maybe they aren't to you. So let's get it straight that we are in control of what we spend. You can buy T-bone steaks or you can buy ground beef. You can buy ground turkey, which is even cheaper. But we have the ultimate decision on how we want to spend our money, whether that's groceries, whether that it's fun money, whether it's what bills we decide and subscriptions we decide to buy, we have the ultimate decision. There is a wonderful download in the Financial Freedom Society, that free Facebook group. Um, it was done by my wonderful friend, Chris Heskett. He is the founder of Peak Wellness Coaching, and he's helping women lose weight through their nutrition and their fitness. And he was able to put together specifically and exclusively for the Financial Freedom Society, 65 meals for less than 110 bucks. He lives in an area where it is really expensive. And I know that I just said that expensive is relative, but I'm saying that it's expensive. And he pulled all of these prices from the area that he lives in. And he was able to build 65 meals on less than 110 bucks. So it is very, very, very possible to one, eat healthy on a budget, but also have a grocery budget that is not astronomical. The difference between his method and what we are accustomed to is we don't want to do the work. We don't want to cook the rice. We want to buy the 92nd rice instead. And there is a time and place for convenient foods. But if your goal is to chill out on your grocery budget, then you're going to have to walk through these systems that I'm about to teach you. 
Let's set the stage here. Avoid your expectation of what a normal meal is, and I use air quotes for normal, and your normal, air quotes, eating habits. Growing up, I had a full meal for dinner. Dinner was a protein, probably a starchy vegetable, a starch vegetable as well, like two, so corn and potatoes, maybe a non-starchy vegetable, condiments like pickles, olives were also on the table, and then a bread of some sort, a biscuit, um, butter bread, croissant, something like that. It's always like that. It was a big meal. And it didn't matter if it was a Saturday night or if it was a Wednesday night. It didn't matter. Like we were having a large full on meal and going into adulthood, that is how I make my meals, right? Well, I lived not on my own, but I had a roommate and I would make meals enough to feed six people because that's all I knew how to do. And I only knew how to have meals that were put together with all of these components. It took me a long time to realize that that's not the only way to create a meal. That is not the only way to eat. If you were brought up in a household like that, just know that it's okay to have cold cut sandwiches for dinner. It will save your sanity. It will also save your grocery budget so much. The second nugget I want to give you before I get into how do we do all of this with the grocery shopping is you are going to need to take some time to learn how to do this. Your first time doing this might take you two hours. It might take you 30 minutes, but be prepared to focus on doing it. You'll get better over time. It won't take as long, but don't give up. This is basically the same speech that I give my clients. You are learning something completely new. You're going to screw up. You're going to mess up. You're still going to run through the drive through every once in a while. And that's okay. The point is progress, not perfection. Now that I've laid all that out for you, let's get into the actual steps to actually change your grocery budget. So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to shop your own house. You're going to make an inventory list of everything in your house, your freezers, your pantries, your refrigerator or refrigerators, if you have two, everywhere, everywhere that there is food, you are going to make a list. And when I say make a list, I mean a real list. I don't mean a mental note. I mean a real list. You could do pen and paper. You can use your phone. You can use an Excel sheet. You can use a tablet of stone like Paul from the Bible. Whatever you want to do, you go ahead and do it. But we need an actual list. This gives you an opportunity to see what you actually have. How many times have we been like, oh, I forgot I had that in that freezer. Shoot, that's great. I already bought three of those. <laughs> it's happened to all of us. When I made my list, I would just have my iPhone um, and I opened my notes app. I used voice to text and I would go through my cabinet and I would say one box of Cheerios, a fourth of a box of Oreos, three cans of tomato soup. Like that's how I would do it. I would inventory all of that. And this is where my knowledge from my previous job comes into play. Like we inventoried a lot of stuff. You are taking the same concept and we are putting it into our own household. Once you make that list, 
you can pretty much understand like what can we actually make a full meal out of. I did this just this past January of 2023. Just with the food that I had in my house, I had 25 meals that I could complete. Like I didn't have to buy a single ingredient and I would have 25 meals in this house. When I say meals, I mean like for all four of us in my house, not one portion, but four portions to one meal. So I had a hundred meals technically. Go through that, shop your house first, and then make a list of meals that you can actually make that you don't need to shop for additional items. You can also have a list of meals that you can make, but maybe you need to buy one or two items. Have that too, because that's going to be handy later on. The next thing you're going to do is you're going to plan your next week. And I encourage you to grocery shop week to week, not month to month. You're going to spend way more money month to month than you will ever spend week to week. So you're planning out your week because if you are gone four out of seven evenings for a week, you don't want to be making pot roast and a whole chicken on those days. You won't have time. You're just going to set yourself up for failure. After you've looked around your schedule and you've created it, start planning meals and snacks around those days from what you already have. From that list of meals that you already have in your house, start plugging them into each of those days. For busy days, plan for something that's easy and fast to make or leftovers. And then for not so busy days, plan to use some of that frozen stuff that you have. For me specifically, I don't have a solid meal to a specific day. Like Mondays, we don't have spaghetti, Tuesdays, tacos. Like I, I don't do that. What I like to do is write out all of the meals that I can have for the week. And if I know that three nights that we're going to be out and about, I'm going to have three really quick, easy meals on there. Because I like variety. I don't like knowing that tonight I'm having tacos. Because what if I'm not feeling tacos? What if I'm feeling frozen pizza that night? <laughs> okay? I like to have variety and option and freedom. That's probably why I'm an entrepreneur, to be honest. So my list is going to look like I have seven meals. However many days are really busy days, I'm going to have fast and easy meals. And I usually have two or three frozen on there, two or three pantry meals, and then two or three fresh meals. When I say fresh meals, I think of like salads and sandwiches, things like that, that I know if I buy it, I'm going to have to eat it before it expires versus spaghetti. Almost all of that is a pantry staple. So you can do it my way, which is having seven meal ideas, no specific days, or you can actually write out Monday we're having this, Tuesday we're having that. Whichever method for you makes your brain happy, you go do that. You may not have all the meals that you need and you need to go to the grocery store anyway for some fresh products. How do we utilize the grocery store to save on our budget? Well, this is where my experience from the grocery store comes in. I would say between 80 and 90% of everything that I buy weekly at the grocery store is on sale because I don't like buying things that are not on sale. So when I go to plan my meals, I pull up my local sales flyer for that local grocery store and I look to see what they're having. Chicken legs on sale, 79 cents a pound. Buy in bulk. Well, shoot. Okay. 
Guess we're having chicken legs this week. Oh, ground beef on sale. Oh, cool. We're having tacos and burgers this week. So I plan my meals around what is actually on sale at the store versus being like, you know what? We want steak. We want tacos. We want grilled chicken this week. We want fish. All these are the things and they're not on sale. That's how I save a ton of money is I shop the sales. So build your weekly list around stuff that you already have stuff that you need to get and then stuff that you're making you know completely new buy it on sale and I would say very rarely do I buy protein just to bulk up um people have told me buy a quarter of a cow buy whole chickens from a farmer all this other stuff but here's here's the thing I don't like having four or five, six hundred dollars sitting in my freezer. Yes, it's cheaper by the pound. Totally agree. All right. But when you are trying to pay off debt, when you are trying to have a savings goal met, when you're trying to do all these other things, it is beneficial to spend little portions at a higher price and then take the remaining money and put it towards something than just dropping $500 at a time. And the reason I say this is a lot of our behaviors, when we think we save money, quote unquote, we end up spending the saved money anyway. You might reduce every shopping trip by $50 when you go and buy a quarter of a cow at a time, but I bet you, you're not actually saving $50 because you're filling the cart with what those $50 would have been anyway. We might get to a point where we're going to buy a quarter of a cow. I've done this so long, it makes sense for our family. And if it makes sense for your family to buy a quarter of a cow or a pig, whatever it is, then you can do that. I'm going to share in what I know. And I know that this system works for me and it might work for you. Now that we have got all the back end done, all the foundation done, we know what we're going to have for dinner and snacks and lunches and breakfasts and all this other stuff. Now we need to buy the stuff. Buy what you need, not what you want. Online shopping is a godsend for us. (laughs) It helps you keep on track and it tells you how much you are spending at a time And I love that feature. I love it because it allows me to stay within my budget and knowing that I only need to get what I need to get. There is no meandering around the aisles and being like, oh, that's a good idea. I should grab that. I've been wanting to make a pie, so I need to grab the pie crust. Oh, I should buy this and this because it happens to me too. And it happens to you. So online shopping is great. Um, Pickup is great. At my local store, they even have a handheld scanner that you can take around with you. That is so helpful too. Super helpful. But if you don't have those options, go to the store with your list and stick to that list. I joke because if I take my husband, I know that I'm going to spend double. My husband loves to impulse spend. My husband loves snacks, which are so expensive. And I know if I take him, it's always going to be more. And I strategically take him on days that I know we need to refill on the snacks around this house. But if you take your kids and notoriously, they're like, I want that. I want this. Give me that. Give me that. Right. And here's a couple things that I like to say. Hey, that's not on the list. Let's add it for the next one. Why don't you take a picture of it so we remember it and we can buy it next time. Hey, why don't we put this on your birthday list so that whoever can buy it for you. I never liked as a parent, if someone would say, 
don't ask for nothing. I'm not buying anything today. Blah, 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 blah. So depending on your children's ages, it doesn't tell them why we're not getting it or redirecting the behavior to a positive. When it comes to kids and money and budgeting and going into a store, teach them the good behaviors that you're trying to implement. Hey, we're not buying that today because it's not on the list and it's important for us to stick to this list. The reason we're sticking to this list is we're saving for vacation. And if we buy things off of this list for this week and we don't save the money for vacation, we're not going to be able to do XYZ. So if you want to get that toy, we're not going to be able to do these other things. Start explaining to your kids why you're not buying certain things and why you want to buy certain things over the other things. Because if we just say no, don't ask for nothing, they're not learning anything. Nothing at all. Now that that's out of the way, you go through the grocery store, you get home. What the heck do we do with all of this stuff? Meal planning and meal prepping are two different things. The first half is meal planning. We're planning what we're going to have. We plan on what we're getting at the grocery store. All of that is planning. Now let's talk about prep. All you have to do is think from the simplicity of it. Maybe it's as simple as washing and cutting all of your vegetables that you're snacking on for the week. Maybe it's taking the meat and dividing it out into equal portions and then putting one in the fridge and two in the freezer. Maybe you are pre-cooking something so you have it for later in the week. That's all cool. Whatever you can do now to save you time later is going to be considered meal prepping. I have a client that would DoorDash breakfast. She works at a restaurant late into all hours of the night. She has a one and a half year old and she would DoorDash breakfast because she was just too tired to do breakfast in the morning. Totally understand. And as simple as this is and as dumb as it may sound, I told her, well, if you're eating eggs in the morning, which they were, go ahead and crack the eggs into individual containers and scramble them up once a week, twice a week, whatever, however many times you're going to eat it, just do it all at one time. And it sounds so simple, but allowing your mind to not have to think about another process and another step throughout the week is going to help you rein in your budget. It sounds crazy because it's two totally different things, but the more control you have on the food and what you're doing with it, the better your budget is going to be. Which comes to my last point is eat what you have planned. I like to have options. I told you that. I have the few freezer meals, pantry meals, fresh meals. That way, if something unexpected comes up and we can't be home, I'm not forced to go through the drive-thru. I have options. And part of this comes with accountability. So if you have a spouse, have them be the accountability partner with you on the eating in at home and using what you actually bought. I know we get tired. I know it is exhausting with kids and that it's six o'clock. I don't have anything planned for dinner. I don't know what to do. We're just going to run to McDonald's. I got it. Get a list together of the things that are so easy for you to make. Sandwiches, peanut butter and jelly, mac and cheese, steamed vegetables. Like there's tons of food that you already have, but going back to the very first thing I said, we need to get rid of that mindset of what a meal is. Find the easy stuff in your house to eat and utilize it. And that's why it's so important on the planning aspect and knowing what your schedule is, 
knowing what meals you have available, it's going to help you tenfold. If you felt that this episode was helpful for you, please go ahead, share it with some friends, share it with family members. I am so happy with the growth of this podcast. It has been so awesome. Please leave a five-star review. I will thank you in advance for that. And I will see you next time. Take care.